film sucks Indie film sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah Streets of St. Louis from a basement on South Broadway, the Indie Film Sucks Podcast. Because Indie Film is usually a pain in the ass. That yeah. <laughs> Mild understatement. Yeah, but a lot of cool uh a lot of cool aspects to it though. Yes. That's how we do it. Well, tonight we have with us guest filmmaker Joshua Gray. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for coming. I thanks. do what I can. You know? Thanks for being here. A little bit late, but that's cool. <laughs> you know, hey, so he's going to say something. That's what, that's what we're doing, Chris. That's what we're doing. Okay. Uh, hey, we're doing. He, you know, he's a working man, right? Uh, I bet you. I bet you got a job, right? Yeah, it's the, it's the hesitation from you that got me. He was like, mm. <laughs> "All right, Chris, cool." First time meeting me, got gotcha. you. I know. Shots fired. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to ask you the question that uh, Chris Mackey normally asks, uh, Mr. Gray. Mm-hmm. What is your suck? Well, one of them is, if you ask me, is scheduling for short films. That's the main thing I just can't stand. Like, honestly, if it's not that, it is seeing, I'd say it's it's seeing Hollywood take, like, great either novels, comics, or any kind of game for that was made for the fans, and they ruin it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. They've been doing it for a while now. Yeah. So, like, what, what, 30 years, probably? Oh, so, I don't know. I mean, you can make you an argument it. that Hollywood wrecks everything they get their hands on yeah. since the beginning. That's true. But, uh, I mean, not everything. I mean, you know, I like Lord of the Rings, but yeah. I don't know, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so what do you mean by scheduling? Scheduling as in uh, when it comes to um, new cast members, old cast members, because everybody has their own life. So yes. it's hard to get around that when it comes to short film. So, I mean, because the truth is, not everybody's available. No. More than you want them to be. No. So you got to actually compensate that. So, yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that before, too. Yeah, even on a feature, trying to get, even paying people. Yeah. It's hard to get scheduled. And for everybody to collaborate and come and be available on those certain dates. Yeah. It's tough, man. We all have regular jobs and families and other things we have to accommodate, which sometimes gets in the way of our passion. Mm-hmm. I don't know you too well, to be honest with you. Again, I get that a lot. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but the cool thing is, having a podcast like this, we get to meet other artists, other filmmakers. Mm-hmm. So I just want to learn about you, man. So what got you into filmmaking? I always wanted to write. So I went to, I studied, I studied to be an illustrator so for a long time. And it didn't pan out because I had to take care of some things at home. One night, I, I was watching one of my favorite shows. And it was called um, Teen Wolf, and not the uh, Michael J. Fox version. So it was like the actual, they, um, MTV brought it back to life, like on TV a while back, a few, at least eight years ago. Oh, okay. so the new the new show. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. yeah. did you ever see the original movie? Yeah, one and two. What'd you think? I liked one. Number two, nah. <laughs> yeah, one was okay, and I say just okay, but two was bad. I couldn't do two. <laughs> like, is they just tried to just like chime in on the first one. I was like, all right, let's just not do it. Let's not do it. All right, just... so you're watching this series. Oh well, uh, one um, one night I'm watching this series and I'm seeing like the people that made the story. I'm just like, wait, they actually made. Wait, I did that. I wrote that. Wait a minute, I wrote this. And you notice 
all these things that, that, that they showed in the show, I wrote when I was a kid, like crazy world theories, like crazy um, plot points. No and kidding, that's pretty, pretty it, wild. Yeah, like it was, it was wild because I was, because not many people like werewolf like movies or shows, and it's crazy. So I was like, wait, they actually used the ideas that I wrote years ago, like as a fan of werewolves, because I love mythology. I've been studying mythology ever since I don't know, thirteen. Hmm. So how, how old are you? I just turned thirty-one a few, two months ago. Congratulations. <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> like, I, I do what I can. Yeah. That's, that's all I can say about that. But but anyway. I mean, that's pretty much it. Like, I saw this show, and I'm just like, oh, they actually pitched this, and people like the werewolf theories that they put in the show. And I was like, wait a minute. If you can do this, why can't I? Perfect. And then just, just took yourself from there. So is that how you came up with the pack? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the pack, I made the pack way before I saw the series. I made the pack when I was the least. 16. Okay. Yeah. So I, I've got like awesome. tons of stories that I've always written for like comic books. Mm -hmm. But I never had a chance to like really put them with the comics. So I just like kept them on pause on the shelf. So what is the pack? Go ahead and unpack that. I see what you did there. <laughs> the pack is a show. The name is just the name. But the pack is more about family. Not just people related to you by blood. Who you meet along the way. You know, different stories for different folks. And at one point they always they all converge. It's basically every story that someone couldn't tell on their own. You know? Like, everybody has that moment in their life to where either something that's happened to them that they couldn't fix or something that, that didn't give them the courage to be like, you know what? I don't like this. It's for those that can't talk. All right. You know? And how many episodes you got of that? Ooh, man. Uh, since the reboot, I'm currently on 12. Wow. Yeah, so we're rewriting the whole thing. Um... So I've just been in pre-production the entire time. So, so these are on like half-hour episodes, something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. And this is it's basically werewolf-based, right? For the most part. For the most part. For the most part. Yeah. What about the other part? It's a lot of supernatural shit. Remember Angel? The show yeah. back then yeah. called Angel? Mm -hmm. Okay, so the pack is a mixture of my favorite shows as a kid. Angel, Hellboy, the, movie, the movies and the comics. Bowie the Vampire Slayer, uh, Teen Wolf, and... My favorite animes and mangas. Okay. Always put into one. So, All right, and we can we see this pack? You can see what we last put out on my YouTube is uh the pack underground. Okay, yeah. the pack underground. Mm -hmm. All right, people, check that out. I'll be checking it out. I appreciate it, appreciate it. Like we've uh I think the last thing we put out was a teaser. I want to say two years ago. So we've been working nonstop ever since. So you're you're still shooting those. Mm -hmm. And tell me the process of you shooting those. I mean, you have to write them, like yeah. you're a writer, and then you have to come up with the locations and the actors, and you know, then you have to have a crew to shoot True. it. True. So tell us, I, I'm curious about your process and how you go through just one episode. Well, um, of course, write it. You know. Secondly, make storyboards. I love drawing. So um, then I make sure I, I mainly meet my, I mainly meet my cast like through life. Like, it's not like really, oh, I find this actor online, I'm going to hit him up. Mm -hmm. That's really rare. Like, it's mainly people I already know along the way. Like, you know? And that's mainly how these people get their roles. And these people, some of them don't uh, act until they want to try what we're doing. And then we have, of course, St. Louis actors and actresses. And then that's pretty much about it. Then um, more prep time when it comes to, depending on what prop I make, 
or depending on um how long a shipment comes in to use that prop that I couldn't make that day. So, let me just film. So, do you have a budget for each episode, or you just how how's that work for you? Don't have to tell us your budget or anything, but obviously, you got to feed people sometimes or right. whatever. So. Do you have that in mind every episode? You got X amount of dollars you can can afford to spend, or <sighs> you just kind of do you write within your budget, or do yeah. you okay? I mean, I write within my budget. Okay, like depending on what happens, yeah, I write within my budget. And if not, it's the thing about indie films is like, okay, guys, I can't pay this day. Can like, can y'all bring your own like like snacks and whatnot because we gotta film this and I can't do it because <laughs> I gotta pay gas for you guys. Like that's. That's basically what that means. Okay. Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of a thing I'm discovering now because I've been doing this for a long time. Mm. Brock's been doing it a long time too. You know, so I I got my start in 1999. Huh. So yeah, I've been doing it for a minute. Everybody starts out essentially doing this stuff for free. Yeah. And I see a lot of controversy right now, certainly online. People saying, "Well, if you're not getting paid, it's not real." And, and look, man, that, I get it. And people say, "Well, if you're not paying everyone, then you shouldn't be you shouldn't be making the film." And that's all kind of bullshit. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, I don't know if you've ever done theater. No. But black box theater, little bitty ass theater, not much bigger than uh, space we have here, that's pretty much all volunteer. It's the same thing. I mean, most of my cast is volunteer. Yeah. Because they know what I'm doing. Like, um, Sure. Because I have like two group chats. And, and me and mom, I'm not really a, like a technical person. Like when it comes to technology, I'm just, I'm just not. But I have these two main group chats that's involving the PAX cast and my other cast for Spider-Man the Verse. So they constantly see updates on what I'm doing. Like so they know, hey, all the money that I'm putting into this goes into this. That. And the list goes on. And you're getting shit done. Yeah. Cause I hate the I hate the fact to where we've all seen this. To where we've either been a part of a project or we've heard about a project. To where um <laughs> actors or actresses would join it and then they do all the filming and then next thing you know, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't know that until like three years ago. And I was like, wait, what? That people do that? Yeah. It was like, yeah. Lots wow. of times. Lots of uh, times. I, just, I, I think the main thing that I hate, if you ask me, is the fact to where if an indie filmmaker has the budget, the cast, the crew, the gear, and they don't produce it. That's like my biggest, like, really, dude? You had everything. What happened? Oh, and you're talking about it falls apart for some reason? Yeah. And it's sad. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. We all struggle when it comes to making films. We're indie filmmakers. Yeah. Like, but that's the suck part, man. It's it hard. Is. It's hard as hell, man. But the problem is, you got to think about this. Besides it, besides it sucking, of course, it's the <laughs> <a> part. <laughs> it's the fact of you have people that volunteered to help you. Yes. But they didn't have to to be a part of what you believe in, and they themselves believed in it enough to be a part of it. Yeah, Red Knight of Skies is only our second. Is it's only our second. Actually, it's our first feature was able to pretty much pay everybody. Yeah. When we were shooting Cruiser, we paid everybody, and that was a trailer for Investor Trailer. Mm-hmm. That was so, a boxing film we were going to make. It was an Investor Teaser. It was like 15000 bucks for like a two-minute trailer. Yeah. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's something else. But you know what? It, it paid for itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, almost did until COVID hit, but I didn't want to get into that. But you're doing it exactly how most independent filmmakers do. Is man, you you got to have people who want to who believe in you. Mm-hmm. You get the shit done. They keep believing in you. Yeah, I do what and I now can. You, now you got a clubhouse. True. So I like that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's 
uh, Brock's piggybacking off something I've said. Yeah. I used to call it the clubhouse principle. Okay. You know, when you're kids, everyone talks about the clubhouse they want to build. Oh, well, I'll bring the nails. I'll bring the wood. I'll bring this. I'll bring that. You know, we're going to build a moat. We're going to build a lookout tower and all this shit. And everyone says that. And then the next day, I'd be the only guy there with a bucket full of nails and a hammer. Like, where's everybody else? Yeah. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's something else I've noticed that people, um, I wouldn't say love, but people that I've come across while doing this, they claim they want to be a part of the clubhouse. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then once you set everything up, it's like, okay, we got everything set up. Mm, about that, I just made the clubhouse. I yeah. just finished doing it. Like, yeah. Like, it's, it's pretty crazy. They yeah. Most people don't realize, and I get it, most people just want to be part of something cool, yeah. which is movie making. And then they get to the set and realize it is cool to be on set, but man, you got to bust your ass too. Yeah. You got shit to do. Yeah. It's not all fun and games, and there's some downtime here and downtime there, and then it's go. And uh, some people aren't built for that, and I get it. Yeah. No, it's yeah, it's it's cool to be on set for like the first hour, but not like hour seventeen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, sure. and that's that's how it goes. Uh, remember the Peace Corps. The motto, I don't know if it still is, but it used to be the toughest job you'll ever love. And that's what I call independent film. That's why we say True. indie film sucks, because most of the time it's just bullshit, hard-ass work. But if you've got a true passion for it, then no matter what, you got to do it. Yeah. So many people get into this, and they're not finishers. They don't have that killer instinct that you need to just push through the shit and get shit done. I would say just a will to do it. Like yeah. to, to like play it out, like yeah. The, there's no stick to itiveness to them. Yeah, unfortunately, like and don't get me wrong, we've all had. I feel like we, as a creator, we've all had those moments to where it's like, okay, what the hell? Give me a fucking break. Like I'm just trying to get this out the way. And oh yeah. It, it hits you at a certain point, depending on how, no, no matter how long you've been doing this, it hits you at a certain point. Like that extra, like all right, let's get back to it, and it's just. It hits everybody at a different time frame. Yeah. Like it's hit me at a different time frame. Like, yeah. So It's like, why am I doing this shit? <laughs> yeah. And you know why you're doing it. Yeah. It's a fact of, it shouldn't be this difficult to do it. No. But it is. I, I had that conversation with an actor. So we were making, we made a World War II feature film. Oh, nice. It's our second feature. It's called Rhineland. And uh, we had this whole, we had this big warming tent set up. There's a real World War II tent. All the actors are in it. And we have like a heater going because it's cold as hell outside. We have all these tanks and trucks and all this extras and all this shit going on outside. Is it a tank? Oh, yeah, yeah we tanks. have tanks. Tanks, half-tracks, trucks. And, okay, I want to hear this story. All right. <laughs> so yeah. I go inside the tent where all the actors are keeping warm. And I said, okay, get off your lazy asses. Get out there and get to work. And I'm joking. Yeah. And this one actor says, lazy? I've been here for four hours waiting. And I said, dude, I've been here for three days working. Get your ass outside. <laughs> and that's that's the difference. Chris, can I be real with you for a second? Yeah. The moment I see a fucking tank outside, <laughs> and we're in a tent getting ready to film, I'm not saying shit. <laughs> if someone asks me, hey, we're going to be on set doing this. Okay, cool. And you come on set, you see the actual fucking tank. I'm going to just sit down. All right? <laughs> like, I'm going to just wait to see what happens. Because, again, again, if you're not getting paid for this, that's one of the downsides of like indie yeah. films. You gotta wait for certain things to play out. Yep. So I mean, so for the guy to say that, the reason why I think he said that is because of course he's feeling a certain type of way. Yeah. That's why they. You know, they they don't know, and I I started off being an actor a long time yeah. ago, and, and 
but on every set I've ever been on, big or small, mm-hmm. I've always just kind of soaked in what's really fucking happening. And I've seen actors do the same shit Chris just said, on big sets even, you know, they, <laughs> people are getting paid a bunch of money, and they still sitting around like, man, what the fuck are these motherfuckers doing? I've been here all damn day. Yeah. I, I got here, I woke up at four o'clock, it's two o'clock in the afternoon, I gotta get my hair cut again, <laughs> you know? But they don't understand the process yeah. of, of making it, which I, I, I get it. I, I wish more actors would uh, step back and take a look at what's really going on around them. Because it's not all about them until it's the director says action and the camera's on them. Yeah, but I think the thing is, we can all wish that about actors or actresses. The thing is, you got to think about it as in when you mention perspectives. Yeah. That lets you know who you should work with and who you shouldn't. Yes. Don't get me wrong. You can don't get me wrong. You can try to convince someone, hey, I'm doing this, I'm making this, I'm playing for this, we're doing this location, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, if they got a problem with it or if they're not being truly on board, then that's on them. Yep. So you can only do so you can only do so much to convince someone that you want them a part of it. For you to even think about them being a part of it, that says, okay, I see promising you potential that I would love to have you on set to play this certain thing. Because in your mind, you see them as like, oh, this is a person that's like right up here mm-hmm. that I want to see play this specific role. But for them, they don't really like they don't really see that concept. Of, oh, that's why they hit me up. Yeah, yeah going back to your, your your scheduling suck. That 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 is tough for a filmmaker, and I know yeah. you've dealt with it. Mm-hmm. You know, to okay, I got this scene. I know I can shoot in X amount of time. Mm-hmm. I need actors here, but then some bullshit happens. Yeah, and you, you feel like shit when. You can't get stuff done on time. I mean, we, we've learned to move pretty quick the last couple of films we've done, but still there's moments that still take a lot longer than we thought it'd take. Getting a camera set up, another actor's late, uh, a crew may be missing that day, I don't know. But there's all kinds of reasons. But uh, I, I do feel bad when you have actors sitting around not being able to do nothing because their time is, is worth something to me yeah, too. that happened. But it, it does, but... Uh, they they should know that you show up on a set, you're there all damn day. Yep. You know, no matter what, that's what it's for. Well, there's a phenomenon I call set time, and I'll I'll throw this at you. You tell me your thoughts. Okay. So set time, if you're on the cast, shit is just taking forever, and you're just yep. sitting there, and time is just dragging, and it is boring, and these people don't know what they're doing, and they they don't have their shit together. That's if you're on the cast side. Yeah. Set time if you're on the crew side. Bam! It goes like this. It's like shit. I've already been here for six hours. It feels like ten minutes. I yeah. One and shot off. And we're running. Behind. <laughs> we're way behind. Yeah. We're like we're like seven hours behind. Only been here for six hours. Yeah. So that was a lot. Yeah. You get that. If if you're directing, you never have enough time. I get that too well. Yeah. I get that too well. Like, um, let me see. Like, uh, when it comes to me, I know that I like I like the phrase where I'm the first one on set and the last one to leave. Yep. Because you know for a fact that's what you do. Like that's mm-hmm. you gotta make sure you get everything you need out the way. Yep. Now, I hate the fact that when I'm prepping, I prep maybe weeks, if not months in advance, depending on the scene. And then once I get in location, this ain't longer than I thought. Okay, I only got like five hours with these people. Okay, I got an idea. And we just, like, just shuffle around and get things done. Yep. Yeah, so if we don't get it done that day, then if we're lucky enough, we get it done, like, next week. If not after that, next week. And it's like, all right, just the waiting game. Well, tell me about, I, I love hearing about that, that you understand, because you've been in it. Yeah. You've been in the trenches, man. And uh, 
I can't wait to see some of your, your stuff. Speaking of stuff. Me too. <laughs> uh, talk to us about the Spider-Verse. Spider-Man the Verse, it just happened, honestly. Like, I really mean that. Like, it just randomly happened one night. So I'm with an old friend of mine, and we were, like, uh, getting ready to go film on a certain location for the pack. And it was, like, a very gory, bloody scene we got to get, like, prepped for. And he was he was wearing this, like, certain, like, Nintendo hoodie, right? And I was like, dude, you look like a low-key version of Spider-Man, like, before he gets his suit. And he's like, I do? I'm like, yeah, man. And he just, like, started doing, he started doing poses. He was like, hey, I got a question. Can we film, like, a Spider-Man short film, like, after the pack thing today? And me, today? I'm like that day. Oh, I was, wow. He was like, I, I'm a one track pony. So I'm just like, as long as we film for the pack, we good. All right, cool. We filmed maybe, I don't know, two hours of just me bleeding out the mouth, transforming and stuff. And then we just went outside and I just picked the rooftop and we just filmed for like, I don't know, or 45 minutes. And then first episode of the pack, no, oh, the verse came out. So that was pretty much it. And just went from there. How many episodes in that are you? Uh, Currently on YouTube, nine. Yeah, nine episodes. Oh, you're cranking them out. Yeah. Like, which which one's getting better views? It's the verse, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because, again, we put the, the pack on hiatus. So so what I would do is um, I made the verse series for my friend. So everybody goes through hard times, you know? And if you're lucky enough to make you and your friend be heroes and, like, bring it to life, why not? It's for your friend that you consider family. So... That just happened just like that, honestly. Um, the pack, I've been working on the pack behind the scenes while working on the verse. And every other story I've been writing about other things. Yeah? Yeah. So, uh, going back to the pack, you said it's rebooted. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, we did the pack 2015? Yeah, 2015. And then, um, anything that you can think about happened. And I really mean that, like, any kind of, like, indie problem happened. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's not weird. Like, cool, this is a random thing that just popped up on a weekly, if not monthly basis. You, Got you. Do you have some examples? All right, uh, man, I got so many. All right, uh, let me see. The external drive that had everything crashed mm. after three years of working on it. So, Nothing. Th three years worth of footage. Let me guess. Crashed. It was not backed up. No. <laughs> no. After so much trial and error, I was, I was like, okay, cool. So fuck my life. Got you. Got you. Wow. That I've, sounds uh, uh, very similar to something we had in a movie. Well, that's actually happened in real life, uh, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm so happy about that. That sucks, man. You can tell I'm so happy about that right oh, now. Oh, god damn. Three years. Dude, three years of footage. And, I'm, and I mean, like footage of like me just wearing a tank top and just uh a tank top and um jogging pants in the cold with snow for certain scenes like no shoes no socks just bare just in the snow freezing footage gone <laughs> did you uh try disc warrior to get it back man i tried everything because that disc warrior shit don't work i, I tried <laughs> I'm here to tell you i tried everything and i had a person I had a person, uh, I forgot his name. It was so long ago. He tried to uh, recover because he's into like data software. Yeah. And he made it worse. He no. made it worse. <laughs> yeah. I just looked at him like, just bring it back to me. Just just bring back the drive. It's, I appreciate you trying to help me. That's okay. You can just tell like a life drain from my face. Yeah. So. That's, that's. Yeah. It's heart wrenching, man. Yeah. I've, I've been there, man. I, I took time. Like after, after that, I just like, just stopped. 
like, as in I was still, I didn't write for maybe, I don't know, like six months after that. I was, I was just like so in such a pit to where I just couldn't like get out of it. Of like all the hard work, yeah, all the story. And I was like, I'm gonna just wait. And then the verse thing happened and I was like, you know what? Okay, yeah, I can get back, I can get back to the pack anyway. And just slowly just started writing more. Did anything good come out of the losing that? Did you learn yeah. something? Uh, the, the best thing, the best thing that came out of it was just writing, just rewriting again. Okay. Like making, like I remember all the scenes in my head. So it's just making it even better than before. Good. And I'm older now. So when I see these certain scenes play out compared to my younger self, it's like, I did something right now. I did this. Okay, cool. I'm settled with this. I'm, I'm cool with this. And I just like kind of get like, I would get like internally like excited like just don't panic just just enjoy this craziness you just made, and just sit back and relax. I'm so hyped by how it turned out. That's yeah, good. That's good. Cause you act too, right? Yeah, it just happened. <laughs> like this wasn't a um, this wasn't a like determined decision. Like I, like me personally, I just wanted to just write the script and direct it when it came to like the pack, right? And then uh, one of my friends, uh, his name is Trey Morrison, and he's uh, well, a singer out here in uh, St. Louis. And he was like, dude, why don't you just play the role? Because you, you wrote the character. It's your character. And with my mindset back then, I was like, I can't do that, can I? I don't like it, though. It's weird me exposing myself like this. So it just happened, honestly, like just by chance. And it worked out. Yeah, it did. It did. So, um... Because I realized nobody can play me but me. Like, you, you get what I mean by that? Yeah. Like, who can play a better version than me? So that's not to sound cocky or have an ego. It's just when you're writing about yourself, you can play that more than anybody else. No, I've said on this podcast a number of times, you have to believe in yourself because yeah. nobody else is. So if you have that mentality of believing in yourself, you can do it. That That takes you a long, long way, I think. I agree. As as for me, and uh, yeah, I just think if if you don't have it, man, people see it. Yeah, people see it on that camera, man. If you don't have that confidence, no, that's the first step for for doing anything involving the creative arts. Is you you got to believe that you can do it. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, you're never going to see it through. True. Yeah, it's not cocky to believe in yourself, man. I think more people need to believe in themselves, and uh, you know, just go do what you want to do. I just like being humble, like. I've seen I've seen so many people like while doing this now, and it's just like they're like, I'm just like okay cool, oh, I'm over had, here. You, you've had to deal with like, egos. <sighs> You're kidding me. <laughs> so have you gone through quite a few casts or yes? <laughs> just 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 yes, Chris. Is it <laughs> is it because of reliability or people thought they were you know both? Their heads got too big. Both. I know that feeling. Like it, it could be a multitude of reasons. Like how you mentioned, oh, what did you go through? So many egos, so many uh people rescheduling that didn't make sense on how they rescheduled. It would be some weird stories. I'm like, you know, it makes no sense, right? I mean, I'm cool with you, whatever going on right now, but you know, it makes no sense. And then you find out, oh, I was right. That might not make sense. I'm gonna go over here and just keep writing. So yeah, I think the more that you keep working, you can weed out those egos, you know, yeah. and you'll, you're going to have your own set. There's, we, we hardly have any problem with egos on our sets because yeah. we know we're, we've been working with the same, well, not the same core group of people. We've been amount of the same circle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, you, you find your people after yeah, a while. I mean, yeah. the, the people who, people who aren't really 
bought into it, mm-hmm. they'll fall away pretty quick. Yeah. Like, I agree with you on that because um, it's surprising how much... We, it's a phrase that I say on set. If it hasn't happened, it will. Like, then <laughs> I, I hate it, but it's true. So I've come across a multitude of people that was like, okay, I learned a lesson here. Yeah. Well, let me make this thing better. And that's why I'm glad with the people I have now. Lindsey Harmon, Sean Holt, Kyle A. Lee, Trey Morrison, uh, let me see, DJ Lowe, Katie Bays, Laura Candice, David Schaefer, Brian, uh, Brian Davidson? Or, yeah, Brian Davidson, known as Logic Martial Arts. Oh, Brian oh, Davis. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, Brian. Thank you, Brian Davis. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Brian. <laughs> sorry. But um, who else? It's so many people. It sounds like you got quite a crew, man. Yeah, like it's that's only the main top people that's been there with me the longest. So, uh, not to mention um, uh, my homegirl, Brittany Parker, known as uh, Luna in the series of The Pack, also known as Mary Jane in the Spider-Man series. It's just a lot of names. I got to try to remember. I have so, to remember them all day. They... Yeah, I like showing credit to the people that's actually like, you know, been on the ground with us mm-hmm. doing what we're doing. That's so. cool, man. But, you know, you realize that's a testament to you. Yeah. Because if, if you wasn't the one getting stuff done, people would not keep showing up. True. I mean, that's that's baseline right there. Yeah. Like, it's kind of crazy, actually. But it's true. Once you show people that you really are passionate about what you're doing and you fucking finish it, I mean, people will gravitate to you, you know? Mm-hmm. So and it looks like it's happening for you. Yeah, it just took a long time to get to that point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's never quick. <laughs> I know. And it's never not painful. No. Yeah, it's hella painful. Mm. Hella painful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, my thing is, I've always been just really remote, you know, when it comes to what I do. Like, if, if you see me or if I come across you and we just start talking for a second, then it's just that simple. And we make something together and then that's pretty much it. So, that's the way I see things. At this point in my life, I just keep filmmaking. I mean, yeah, here we are running the podcast, but I, I keep it pretty low key, right? Yeah. Because, you know, when people find out about it, you know, what's the first thing normally ask? Oh, you make movies? Is it porn? <laughs> you ever heard that? I've heard that. I couldn't tell you how many times. I, 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 want, I do that all the time. I want to say once. Yeah, at least once. I remember I put out a. Um, I never forget this. I remember I put out a uh, casting call, like 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 on paper. Like I would like go around businesses and like just hey, can I can I can you t- like separate passes out or whatever? And I was like, yeah, love interest needed for like horror series, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And I drew like a logo for it and whatnot. And I didn't. I realized how bad that was. <laughs> so like he was out in Vegas passing up flyers for strippers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I mean, I've heard that happens. I I didn't I, know how bad it was, dude, heard. until like day two. Because like one night I'm just like writing on something, right? It's like late at night because I don't hardly sleep. So one night I'm writing on something and I get a phone call. It's like I don't know, two in the morning, three in the morning. I'm just like, who's calling me this late at night? So only like my only my like oldest friends would do that. So I'm like, this ain't a number that I recognize. So I'm like, hello? And I hear two girls laughing. Like in the background, like, hey, <laughs> are you doing like a love business? I'm just like, well, I just sound like porn right now. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we're doing a series for et cetera, et cetera, on YouTube and whatnot. And I just hear nothing but giggling. I'm just like, yep, this is my night. <laughs> cool. And then I, they just hung up, and I was like, that was the weirdest thing. And it kept happening, not with them, but with other people, like, days later. I'm like, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. So did you cast anybody from that? 
A few, actually. Yeah, well, there you go. But it wasn't through that, like, flyer thing. It was, like, through, like, I don't know, um, Facebook and uh, emails. So, yeah. So you are hustling it. As best as I can. Yeah. So, I mean, hey, we're we're still casting now. Like, um, even for this reboot that we're doing right now, we have the majority of the cast now. Now we just have to, um, we had a love interest, but um, she just had a kid now. So now she's like, take care of a newborn. So we can't put that on her. So, because she needs to actually rest and like take care of her child. Yeah, being a good mom is yeah, a pretty course. big deal. Obviously. Like, <laughs> like what? No. <laughs> no. No, but she's an old friend of mine. So uh, I was like, yeah, listen, you're good. Just, you're good. So now I got to find somebody else to play this role now for the pack series. And it's one of the main roles for at least a good two seasons. Roughly three. So we're con- we're ca- constantly casting for that role and other roles, just in case. So you have two separate series going on mm-hmm. on your YouTube channel. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Is it two separate YouTube channels? No, no, no. no. Okay. Uh, same YouTube channel, separate okay. shows. Okay. Yeah. So is this what you're planning on doing for the foreseeable future, or you got other plans you got going on? Well, um, when it comes to the pack, I do have other plans. But first, when it comes to the pack, it is... I'm trying to get ready to pitch it to a network. Okay. Yeah, because all this work is going into it. Like, I want everybody that's been a part of the cast to benefit from it so they can get other opportunities for themselves. Sure. So not just, besides just believing in me, I want to see them, like, prosper and, like, grow into whatever they want to do. That's how it works, man. Take care of people. Yeah, I mean, come on now. If somebody's coming on set with you to work for free and they're, like, they're actually giving you their all, Mm -hmm. you got to pay them back in some kind of way. So that's the main reason why I do this. Sure. So besides that, I have other... Stories I want to make. At least five more stories that I've written about other things. Series-based or like film? Mainly like mainly, film, mainly film-based. Mainly like featured film-based. So, yeah. Have you made a feature film at this point? I wish. <laughs> so, that'd be <laughs> well, nice. Careful what you wish for, man. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I, I got a few ideas, man. This is, this is one script I've been waiting to do for a while now. It, ever since I was, I don't know, 14. What's that you've been wanting to do since you were 14? Oh, man. One of the main things is make an angel film. You ever seen a movie called The Prophecy? It came on late in the nineties. I bet I have. I don't know if I have or not. It's um, it's it's a, it's an old movie, but it's pretty good. It's werewolf, angel, the main two things I like the most out of everything else. Hmm. I wanted to make an angel movie in my own kind of light, to where it's like not just all oh, about blessings or whatnot. I mean, like like an actual like struggle, like seeing angels fighting against whatever kind of forces that threaten anything. So and you see like what these angels really look like, and it's like oh. You're not all beautified and whatnot. You look like a scary thing. Okay, got you. Because when you look it up on how angels supposedly look, pretty terrifying. All right, so you just have to write it and make it now. I already wrote half of it already. Oh, oh great. Yeah, so I've, I've written half of everything that I've been doing so far. Besides the pack, besides the verse, uh, I've written down three out of the five. So, yeah. Well, it sounds like you're on the move, man. Whatever free time I got, I just... <laughs> What's that? Free time, right? Yeah, whatever free time I do have, I just, like, I got an idea, and I just jot it down for, like, set thing. Okay. That's pretty much about it. So did you, uh, did you end up working on, uh, not dark at the top of the stairs, uh, from Hell Beyond? Did you have a role in that? Yeah. What, uh, what'd you do with that? I was just, uh, mainly on set for behind the scenes, like, helping with, uh, lighting, um, uh, placements of, uh, the green screens, and just normal stuff like that. Yeah. So you're a filmmaker helping another filmmaker. You yeah. helped Wyatt Weed. Yeah. Right? That's but awesome. I looked up to Wyatt Weed before I knew who he was. Like, cause he uh, he helped part of a movie that I saw when I was a kid. And I mean, I was I was young when I saw this. 
It was called uh, Guardian of the Realm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm a kid, like, at this point, at this time frame, I'm a kid that only had, like, channels, like, one through, like, 20. So, I, I they just showed it one time on, on the TV, and I was like, what the heck is this? And I'm just, like, so invested. Oh, yeah. And I was <laughs> like, and it never came on again. And I just pined for it ever since I was a kid. And then I see um, one day, maybe two years ago, one day, two years ago, I was uh, watching, like, a Batman short film on, on YouTube, I was like, okay, I, I, I love Batman short films, besides every other, like, superhero or vigilante short like film. Like a fan film? Yeah. And I'm watching it, and I was like, I got this weird feeling about this dude. I didn't know who he was. I'm like, this dude, I don't know who this dude is, but something about it. And I got go through more of his videos, and I see, like, this kind of, like, teaser thing for, like, Guardian of the Realm. I'm like, wait, why does it look so familiar? And I forgot all about the movie's name. Mm. Like, I'm just, I forgot the whole name of the movie, and I'm watching it. And I'm seeing the teaser, I'm like, what? Is this the movie I saw when I was a kid? I'm, he must have shared it. That's why he, I'm watching this. Kind of find out, oh, he was a part of this. And I looked this guy up. And I'm just like, wait, he lives in St. Louis. Let me look this man up real quick. I, just, <laughs> I hit him up. I was like, I, just, I love your film. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And um, he's like, oh, I always want to see that movie again. I just I couldn't find it nowhere. It's oh, it's okay. I'll send it to you right now. I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'll, just, I'll mail it to you. Sounds like quiet. Okay. Like, my mind just kind of had to, like, catch up to, like, what just happened. <laughs> like, cool. I could do that. And he sent me the, um, maybe a few days later, he sent me my own copy of the movie. Man, the moment to where you get brought back to being a kid. Yeah. It's wild to me. Like, oh, yeah. I'm it's trying. rare. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm First thing I did was just watch it. Like, didn't, nothing else mattered. Not scheduling, filming. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to wait. Joshua, we got a film in a few hours, Joshua. We got it. We got time. Just watching the film. Like, just, man. i never forget that. And then I met him. That's a good story, man. Yeah. Like, me me, my hero like that is crazy. Like, just. Boy, some... speaking of egos, you're going to give Wyatt one hell of an ego right there. <laughs> man, Wyatt's already got a big enough ego. Man. He does. Well, he's man. got a great hair to hold that in. I know. <laughs> I know. It, it got worse. Oh. <laughs> It got, it got worse. Oh, I, I, I can explain it. Do I, tell. I'm, I blame Laura Candace. One night, Laura Candace um, was like, "Hey, Joshua, we're doing like a, um, a director's um, some kind of meet and greet, or some, something like that." And it was in St. Louis, and I was like, okay. I would leave like if you come. Oh, okay, fine. I go down with my friend Jamel Wassinger, and uh, when we get there, we just sit at the table. Like we got we got there late. I know. I wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> I know, Chris. <laughs> so your face says it all. Your silence is deafening. Mm. So come on, come on. So, <laughs> we we get to the location, and um, a few minutes late. We get to the location because we didn't know where we were. Because like we don't really go out in St. Louis that much. So we get there, and a person just walks up past me, and I didn't mean to do it. I swear I didn't mean to do it. And if Wyatt remembers this, I'm sorry. But uh, when he walked past me, I was like, dude. Like, I, just, I was like, dude. He was like, you all right? You why we? And my face, <laughs> my face was like not my face at that time. I'm just. <laughs> and he was he was like yeah nice to meet you. <laughs> you why we though like <laughs> and my friend Laura's like oh Josh etc cetera, etc cetera. and he was like is he okay like why is like is he okay I'm like my bad my bad. 
this is just looking really bad on my part. <laughs> and Laura is just laughing so hard because she knows I'm a fan of this person. And not to mention, besides Guardian the Realm, he he was a part of um, Shadowland. Uh, besides that, it was a great movie that I saw when I was a kid. Also, uh, The Guyver. Oh yeah, yeah, The Guyver one and two. And I was like, and be in mind when I watched those movies. Those movies explained to me what a hero was. In, in my perspective because like I would do things without knowing why I do it and then when I watch those movies of the Giver, I was like that's what I be doing minus fighting aliens and whatnot. like okay yeah that's that's crazy like so seeing him at that moment in time like you why weed yeah are you okay you why weed though Laura's just laughing her ass off and she was like is Josh fangirling no I'm not no you were I know Man, it's so sad for my ass. Boy, we can't let White listen to this. Or yeah, see this it was episode. bad. It was bad. Man, I, it <laughs> I was would, funny. <laughs> I only hope I could have a similar effect on somebody at some point. <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, I'm a shut-in, so I rarely like got out. So I just like would watch movies. Sure. So, so seeing somebody, you know how most people get like, um, like starstruck by like known, like crazy known actors or yeah. actresses or whatever. I'm the opposite. Like, as in, I like somebody that does something that's for the fan base. Like, that's who I look up to when it comes to that kind of thing, you know? So, so seeing that person so close to my childhood, it was it was crazy to me. So, what do you think about Dark at the Top of the Stairs? Oh, yeah, I loved it. Like, the main part that got me was, yeah, it was in a film. It was part of the film to where um, you saw his character getting ready to leave. And he's like, okay, I got my keys right here. Got my jacket. I'm gonna get my jacket. I was like, bro, what? What the what? No, get your keys. What are you doing? Get yeah. your keys. Like, and he just like goes back to the keys and they're gone. I'm like, yep, you're dying. <laughs> it's over with. This this it's a wrap. It's, it's a wrap. And those moments would get me in that film. And then there's other moments where um he should have been left. Like he just clearly should have been left. And he was like, I'm just gonna run upstairs and just hide. Well, then it wouldn't be a haunted house movie. True, true. But I mean, my thing is, when it comes to the pack, though, like we break those cliches. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you've seen all the cliches. Like we've seen all the oh, yeah. film cliches. Like you, you trip over air, or like, or you like, hey, let's split up. <laughs> okay, let's let's do those tropes. Got you. In the pack, no, just just no. Because I feel like everybody's already seen it played out so much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'll tell you the worst worst horror film trope I can think of. If you know someone's ever in the bathroom and looking in the mirror and the mirror's open, as soon as they shut that mirror, there's going to be something in it every time. I hate it. Never do that. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. Or you got that one person just like, uh, of course, we know panic sets in when something happens they can't explain, right? Sure. But it's that one person, after everything's settled, it's like, okay, we're bunkered down in this situation and blah, 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 blah. We got to be quiet. And the one person that's constantly freaking out, I'm just like, so you're not going to help her be quiet or him be quiet? That's not going to be a thing? If you just... just, just yeah, they're the ones who are freaking out because they're going to die, but they can't stay quiet enough. There brings the killer to come get them. Exactly. Like, just, just, just get, just get, grab them. Just, I just got to kill this motherfucker like, myself. Like, I'm man, gonna... man <laughs> I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. Depending on what it is, I'm not knocking it. Like, but you could just easily just, I don't know, Hey, and just just grab them and just yeah. You know, that's all you gotta do. And they just you hear little whimpers, but hey, you tell them calm down. Da, 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 da. But they never do that. They never yeah. do it. That's uh, poor filmmaking, man. 
That's what that is. That's plot armor. That is plot armor. That's plot armor to the highest degree. Like, come on. I, I can't. I can't. Mm. That's why I try, That's why I couldn't. When I decided to make the pack, I was like, yeah, we're, this is going to be a horror series, but we're not doing those. Like, we, we I actually want to have reasons why people die. And it makes sense if they do die. It's like, okay, they die because of this. Got you. They prevented everything else, but this part messed up on. Great. I'm excited to check it out, man. Maybe me too. Like I said, this is a... <laughs> This is a good platform to meet new people in, and man, I, uh, I'm glad you showed up. Yeah, I appreciate it. And uh, <laughs> I mean, eventually you got here. Come on, man. <laughs> no, man, for, for real, I'm glad you showed up. I got to learn about you, and hopefully everybody else gets to learn about you and checks mm. out your stuff. Your stuff, and um, I'm just I'm happy to have other filmmakers in here because we learn things from everybody, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's connection. I just uh, like to connect with people doing this. Same thing, we got the same type of path. We know we all have these fucking roadblocks we're trying to break down. And and if we ever figure shit out, we're going to share with everybody, you yeah. know. And, uh, like, and we, we hope uh, others reciprocate the same thing. But we got a tight tight group here in St. Louis, I think, getting tighter now. Yeah, I've been noticing that. To yeah. where, um, there's a little pool of, like, creators in St. Louis, you know? So. Yeah, and it does, you know, back though. I don't know. It just seems like years ago we had little groups, separate groups, and yeah. you want to do better in that group. And, you know, everybody wants to do good. And, yeah, we want to make a better movie than so everybody. You know, we, we want to make the best movie we can do. Right. But it doesn't mean we don't want you to do good. Yeah. We don't want why, you know, we want everybody to be able to do good. Well, it seems like the path used to be someone would have a little bit of success and immediately leave. Yeah. It's like, they've done okay, okay, now I'm going to split. I'm off to Hollywood. And yeah. now, it doesn't seem like that's the case anymore. Because, I mean, I've, I've never had an interest in going to Hollywood. I Me really neither. haven't. Me neither. You know, it's like, I can do, certainly in today's world, I can do whatever I want to do wherever I'm at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I'd rather be able to make movies close to home. Or actually just anywhere but Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you because, again, you've seen how Hollywood treats creators. Like, what I mean by actual independent creators that have made a, group, have made a good platform for themselves, you see what Hollywood does to them. Either it builds them up or nine times out of ten, it destroys them. And they work. Yeah. So, like, that's... I, no. Um, my friend Sean Holt asked me that, actually. He was like, hey, quick question. This is a random thing. He was like, um, if Hollywood offered to, like, pay for your script of the pack, and they say you gotta get rid of everybody else, and they would like launch a series. What would you do? And to be honest, I know how crazy this sounds. Most likely how it sounds. But to be honest, it was like, no, I'm not doing that. He was like, why? Because the people that showed up and worked for me for free, they deserved the opportunity more than anybody else. So why would I give it to Hollywood for them to, to butcher it and then get somebody else they want for? I'm like, I couldn't do that. What if they paid you enough to where you could say, hey, you know all that hard work you put in? Here's a paycheck for you. I'm going to look at the paycheck. Yeah. But at the same time, like, <laughs> that seems nice. I'm good. Okay. Like, I can't because it's unfair. I got like, you. Don't get me wrong. It's it's the it's the fact of we know what it's like creating something from the from the ground up. And you know for a fact what's going to happen once they get it. They're going to gut it. To yeah. a, they're going to gut it to a good degree. And then they're going to remake it and then do something else that's like the opposite of what you tried to make it to be. And then you got to watch and be like, all this money went to this movie or series that now I'm not a part of no more even though I made it and they just ruined it and what it meant to me what I made I can't I can't it's not right I feel you well so. you can't put a price on some things you cannot put a price on yeah don't get me wrong it's tempting of course like we all get like oh I get paid how much if I do this that seems nice but I can't because you know you gotta deal with the whole 
there's gonna be some piece. It's gonna be a piece of shit if I see it. Like I can't do it. Like all the work for nothing. Come on. I, I I'm not cool with that. That's just my opinion. All right. Yeah. Now, indie film sucks. We'll never sell out. <laughs> True. Of course, ain't nobody buying it either. Yeah. But I tell you what, we will do. What are we gonna do, Chris? We will do what we always do. Which we is? will talk about the highs, the lows, and the in-betweens of true independent filmmaking on the Independent Sucks podcast, uh, brought to you by 88mm Productions, on all the social stuff, you know, wherever you can find that. Go check out mm. Joshua's work. Thanks, Joshua. No, I appreciate it coming out. Oh, so. thanks for being here. No, oh, dude, come on, I love this already. All yeah. right. Yeah. Late, uh, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, see you next time. All right, take care, everybody. Indie Film Sucks It's the Indie Film Sucks Podcast Yeah